Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Another week of the program. Glad to have you with us. We do this show each weekday live at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. And a lot to get to on this Monday coming out of the weekend. And uh, let's jump right into the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in moments. We've got a number of headlines to get to. Some IU basketball stuff, recruiting especially. Also a little IU football here in this opening segment and a couple local notes to pass along as well. Also, later in the hour, it's Monday, so Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll get into Trace Jackson Davis and IU basketball and the roster for next season when Zach is with us. And then later in the program today, Chad Gilbert, after a couple weeks of meetings, the hiatus for him, he's back to talk local sports and a lot to get to as we kind of head to the back end of the spring sports seasons. This week, really, for a lot of the sports, the final regular season of matches and games and sectionals get underway very soon. And then again, before you know it, high school sports will conclude uh, for this 21-22 school year. So we'll cover a lot of topics with Chad a little bit later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. A couple reminders, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the way for you to communicate with me during the show. You got a question, a comment, you agree, you disagree with something that I say, one of our guests say, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, And again, that number, save it in your phone if you're a regular listener, 502 414-1450. 414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Also, another thing I want to cover right here at the start of the program, I heard from Les Wright today. Uh, Les joined us a couple of weeks ago. He's from the IU Varsity Club. He's the representative down here in the southern Indiana and Louisville area. He tells me that as of today, as of this morning, 50 tickets left for the May 25th IU Coaches Barnstorming Tour stop at Huber's in Floyd's Knobs. 50 tickets left. So he thinks those will go soon, maybe even as soon as today. 
So if you've been holding off waiting for a chance to hear from Coach Woodson and Coach Allen, and there are going to be some others that join on the tour stop as well. I believe Mr. Dolson, the AD, is going to be there, and I expect some other coaches as well. Uh, call Les Wright today. That number is 812-987-1513. Again, 812-987-1513. 50 tickets left. It's going to be a sellout. Uh, no surprise there with the excitement surrounding Coach Woodson and the program for next year. But uh, when we spoke a couple weeks ago, it, it, no tickets had been sold. And this thing is really uh, filling up quickly. A lot of tables have been sold. A lot of individual seats have also been sold. And they're down to 50 tickets left that will fit uh, there at Huber's in that big banquet room. Uh, should be a really fun night. And that's coming up a week from this coming Wednesday is when the IU Coaches Tour will take place. All right, that's the uh, lineup for today and a couple notes to share with you here to start the show. Let's jump into some headlines for this uh, Monday, May 16th program. Hard to believe we're in the middle of May and headed to the month of June very quickly. Uh, first off, transfer portal news. As we expected when we spoke last on Friday, Dexter Dennis, who was a, a target from the transfer portal that IU went after the hardest this offseason. There's no question about that. He was on the IU campus a month or so ago. He had IU in his final six schools. At one point, there was a lot of buzz that Mike Woodson really liked Dennis and that IU was going to land him. And then after his visit, there was no commitment. He went right into another campus visit. And before you know it, he's got some other schools involved and he's got a final six with a lot of competition. And ultimately, when he made his decision on Friday afternoon, he picked Texas A&M. So what that means is obviously Indiana misses adding someone that could have been big, I think, for their needs next season. But Probably most importantly, the roster for next year is set with one exception, and we all know what that exception is. Trace Jackson Davis, who is currently in California training for the NBA Combine, which begins here in a few days as well. Uh, in fact, the Combine, I think, officially gets underway today with meetings and measuring and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure that the games and the activities on the court begin for another day or so, but uh, he is headed to Chicago or in Chicago at some point today to begin that NBA Combine process. And, of course, June 1st, we're going to know for sure because he's going to have to announce that he is – coming back to IU for another season of eligibility where I think we all expect Trace to be able to take big advantage of name, image, and likeness uh, sponsorships that are out there, or he will break a lot of Hoosiers fans' heart. And I think quell somewhat, not totally, but somewhat the excitement about next season because with Trace Jackson Davis, I really believe uh, in this offseason consistently, if he is back with who else is coming in, You'll see Indiana mentioned as a top 15 and maybe even by some a top 10 team in college basketball for next season. And as they already have been, one of the favorites in the Big Ten Conference. I think you'll see people with Trace Jackson Davis back pick Indiana to win the conference as far as their preseason choice. So we're going to find all of that out soon. It's going to be a fun week, a busy week, tracking what we can learn about Trace uh, in the NBA Combine. But with Dennis's commitment to Texas A&M, you know, unless there's a surprise player in the portal or someone that I use kind of waiting on to see what happens until June 1 gets here, uh, it's, it's basically set. Now, there can always be some late movement. There can always be some kind of crazy situation where somebody gets a, a change or makes a change or is allowed to make a change. But, you know, coaching changes are basically done for this season, for the next year, I should say. 
And so you would think that the transfer portal is uh, kind of slowly coming to a close. There are plenty of players left in the portal that are still looking for a home, but you got to believe at this point that the high major guys, those that contribute, could contribute at a school like Indiana and a conference like the Big Ten Conference are probably uh, have probably found their new homes, their new destinations. So we'll see what happens with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, will he be back or will he leave a big void uh, for this IU team for next season? Also, I saw a story yesterday on CBS Sports uh, about 10 programs in college basketball that are really waiting to see, and their season next year could be determined on what happens this week with the NBA Combine and obviously the June 1st ultimate deadline to say I'm back or I'm going uh, in the draft for sure. Indiana, no question, one of those 10 programs because of Trace Jackson Davis and uh, what he brought to the team a year ago and what obviously uh, you know he would bring next season. So uh, Indiana, one of the schools as far as next season that the next few weeks are going to be really important for as far as, again, what their standing is here in this offseason. Also, a couple of recruiting notes to pass along here to start the week. Another scholarship offer. Boy, it's tough to keep up with all the offers. IU, in recent months and recent weeks even, has offered 2023 players, guys that are going to be seniors next year. Some 2024 offers went out after those two evaluation periods earlier in the spring. And, of course, with a couple of really good 2025 players in-state some scholarship offers went out there earlier in the spring as well. But the latest, a 2023 wing forward, his name is Jamie Kaiser, and he is from Virginia. He tweeted out that he received an offer from Coach Woodson and IU over the weekend uh, and had a lot of communication with Brian Walsh, one of the assistants, in fact, the new assistants. He's six foot six, had played multiple sports. Uh, in fact, he had some really good football offers, but announced back in April he was going to give up football uh, his final year of high school to really focus on the sport of basketball. Uh, Kaiser attends Bishop Ireton uh, High School in Burke, Virginia. He averaged almost 21 points and seven rebounds last season for his team, and he plays with the team in the summer called New World. Uh, some of these travel team names, unbelievable. New World on the Adidas circuit. So, he won't be in uh, Louisville coming up here in a few weeks when the Nike EYBL comes to town for uh, a weekend of basketball. But Jamie Kaiser, another name to try to remember in the 2023 class. Also, speaking of the EYBL coming uh, to Louisville here in uh, a couple weekends, it's going to be great to see a lot of these big-name players up close and personal. But I saw Rick Bozich had a story last week that uh, the AAU programs won Nike and won Adidas the New Jersey Scholars are the Nike program. They feature the grandson of former U of L great Milt Wagner, who's considered the top high school player in the class of 2023, and is getting a really, really heated recruiting battle across the river between UK and U of L, with new coach Kenny Payne having a lot of connections there. But I mention this because the Scholars are coming to Louisville to compete in the EYBL circuit, and they're going to stage a game. It's tentative right now, but on that Friday night before EYBL play begins on May 27th, 
at Valley High School in Louisville against Midwest Basketball Club, which is one of the really good Adidas teams that has players from Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio as well. And that, that uh, both of those programs in, in uh, differing circuits have had really good years. And the reason I bring that up is because the Midwest Basketball Club has Reed Shepard from North Laurel. His dad played at Kentucky. He's already committed to Kentucky. This kid is going to make a lot of money on NIL if you followed him when he gets to UK. But also on that Midwest Basketball Club team, is Gabe Cups of Ohio, uh, who's committed to IU, whose dad uh, coaches his high school team there in Centerville. So if you want to get an early look at Gabe Cups a week from Friday on May 27th, it's going to be played at Valley High School, 7 p.m. It's kind of a best of both worlds, a Nike versus Adidas, the Scholars from New Jersey against Midwest Basketball Club here from the uh, Heartland going to play each other and it should be a lot of fun to see DJ Wagner and Reed Shepard and of course for IU fans Gabe Cups the promoter in fact Purvis Ellison former UofL player he runs the New Jersey Scholars program Uh, he's kind of organizing the game according to the story Rick Bozich had and he's talking about uh, you know I or UofL and Kentucky fans and kind of getting a, a rivalry wear your gear to the game on on this Friday but I think it'd be neat to see some IU fans there to support Gabe Cups as well. So I'll keep you posted, but that's the plan. May 27th at Valley if you want to see what should be a really high-level matchup uh, and also get a chance to see you know DJ Wagner, the best player in the 2023 class. I don't think there's any question about that. Reed Shepard, who I think has a chance to be a great player at Kentucky, and obviously a lot of excitement around Gabe Cups as well. So we'll keep you posted on that also. And an IU football note to mention, actually a couple IU football notes. Uh, Brylan Lanier has committed, Lanier, I believe is how you say the last name. He's committed to the IU football program. He came from the transfer portal, and he was initially uh, committed to uh, the University of Alabama. He's a quarterback, uh, six foot one, 170-pound and he was in Bloomington a week ago for an official visit, but he announced his IU commitment recently on his Twitter account. So anytime you hear someone from Alabama uh, committed there, uh, whether they played there or not, uh, you know your, your radar, at least mine, goes up because we all know good, how good Alabama football has been in recent seasons. But uh, Brylin Lanier, a new commitment to the IU football program over the weekend. And we'll talk more about this later today and later this week, I'm sure at some point. But Tom Allen, in a recent uh, opportunity to talk with the press, uh, talking a lot about NIL and how it's changed college sports and college football. But Tom Allen said that NIL has become, quote, pay for play. Uh, He did not mince his words in talking about that. And I think a lot of coaches – are beginning to wonder what NIL and the future of it looks like and how it's going to open the doors for uh, cheating and pay-to-play situations. And we've seen some crazy situations. Think about Miami basketball here this spring with a player getting an $800,000 deal over two years and then another player on the team threatening or leaving if he did not get some sort of better NIL opportunities. We're seeing college sports change right before us, and it was interesting to hear Coach Allen's comments the other day. Also, one other quick note as we go to break, New Albany baseball, they won the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship game on Friday night. We had the call of the game Friday on 970 a.m. because of Bats baseball here on the Big X, but New Albany uh, defeated Jennings County. Uh, We saw the Bulldogs win their first 
HHC title since 2011. And don't forget, uh, before this year, before Friday night when New Albany won it, Jeffersonville had won five coveted Hoosier Hills Conference championships in a row. So a big night for the Bulldogs. We are basically one week away from the start of postseason baseball. Some really, really good sectional action going to take place across southern Indiana. We've got a lot of interesting games ahead, so that's going to be fun to follow as well. We'll head to a break. We're back with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star is my guest. And, Zach, on Friday, Dexter Dennis chose Texas A&M, which basically locks in the IU roster except for one big name next season. That's Trace Jackson Davis. And speaking of big things, it's going to be a big week for Trace, the NBA Combine coming up here later in the week and obviously still ahead the June 1st deadline to declare for the draft or to retain college eligibility a lot of people this week a lot of IU fans this week going to be trying to follow uh, every move every make every miss everything Trace does that we can learn about at the combine in Chicago yeah I mean I think this and we've talked about this I think before but this is for me kind of the the moment we've all been waiting for feels a bit dramatic but this always felt like kind of the crucial point in this whole process for Trace Jackson Davis. And you know, I think he's, he's gone on record, I believe, um, somewhere, and, and forgive me, I don't remember where, and sort of saying, like, that his decision pretty much is just sort of down to, you know, if I think I'm going to have a good chance of getting drafted, I'll probably stay in. If not, I think I'll probably come back. Um, you know, the, the, the NIL aspect of it obviously will weigh into his thinking. But this is, you know, an event like the Combine is, is – really most for a player like him. Like, I think it's much more for a player like him than it is for a player like, let's say, Keegan Murray. Because we all have a pretty good idea Keegan Murray's going to be a top 10 pick, and it's just going to be about which teams like him the most, which teams think he's the best fit, et cetera. Whereas with a guy like Trace, it's going to be about can he get in these situations, the combine, any individual interviews he'll have with teams, maybe any follow-up workouts he'll be invited to. Can he get in these situations and convince teams that they are, you know, he's worth investing in from a, a draft capital perspective, maybe a two-way contract perspective? Um, and if the answer is yes, then maybe he stays in. If the answer is no, then maybe he comes back. But this is always, and, and you know, listen, fans like certainty. I understand that. But the, we were always going to have to wait for this step in the process, I think, to really realize where Trace Jackson Davis is. I think your point about Dexter Dennis is, is well taken. Obviously, Indiana could get involved with somebody else who's maybe in the portal right now, was in before or by the May 1 deadline, and just hasn't made a decision yet. I know Indiana within Dexter Dennis's final, what, six schools, I think. Um, it, it did feel like other than the visit, things 
had never really materialized beyond that there. And of course, I think everyone's always believed that IU is essentially just waiting for Trace Jackson Davis as they should. And if he doesn't want to come back, I don't think it'll be a mistake that they waited for him. This is just part of the calculus of college basketball. And if he does come back, then as we've talked about in the last few weeks, Indiana stands a chance of being one of the best teams in the Big Ten next season. Absolutely. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star this week with the Combine. I don't know. You've you've been around covering IU and really sports, college sports for so long. Uh, is that something that can people like you cover? Will we know much about how Trace is performing? I know in the past there have been some games that are aired on one of the ESPN channels from the Combine. And the games themselves aren't really, I don't think, fun to watch unless you're geared in on a specific player like Trace. But a lot of the commentary is good if you're a fan of the draft and want to kind of keep up with the latest that's going on at the Combine. Is there going to be anything like that? Or are you going to be at the Combine? Can people cover the Combine? Will we know how Trace is doing this week? I won't be, but our Pacers reporter will be. I and mean, we typically send our Pacers reporter up just because – Obviously, you know, it, it's particularly relevant. And this year, I think, is particularly relevant to the Pacers because it, it's one of the more remarkable droughts in, you know, sort of off-the-field droughts in Indianapolis sports. I think the Pacers have not had a single-digit draft pick since 1989. Obviously, they appear very likely, if not guaranteed at this point, to, to break that streak this year. Um, but... We'll have someone there, and there are breakout sessions. There are sort of media availabilities and things. Now, obviously, it's not like players are going to get up there and say, yeah, Boston promised they'd take me in the first round. So, you know, I just I just officially, you know, I just told my parents to go move my stuff out of my apartment. Um, but we will be able to, to kind of catch up with Trace Jackson Davis. And, and I think to your point, really probably more um, – more – in a more relevant way, track how he does. How does he test? How does he play when he is in competitive situations? Because there are some of those. And, and again, like the combine, you see guys pull out of, you know, certain elements of it every year because they don't need to, because, you know, they understand that there's only a small number. That they're not going to drop very far in the draft from number one. There's only a small number of teams that are, are even going to be in position to take them. And it's much more in their interest to go work out against, you know, for those work out in the wider combine sort of environment someone like trace needs all the exposure he can get and, and needs to just kind of sort of sell himself to every team that can watch and and so i think it's going to be interesting to just to see how he performs the, the one interesting thing about the combine this year is it is definitely longer than like in terms of days in the past it's only been three or four days this, this it starts today this, this year it's six if not seven i guess it, it's actually seven because it starts it, it ends on sunday and then he'll have 10 days after that. There, you would imagine there may be a few more breakout kind of workouts and things like that. And then moving forward into the, the June 1 deadline to, to, to stay in the draft and come back to school. Um, but, it, it, you know, this is, like I said, like I said a minute ago, I, I know fans want security. They want surety as much as that stuff is possible in, in modern, um, you know, sort of college athletics with the portal and NIL and the you know, immediate eligibility and all those kinds of things. But in, in cases like this, you know, you, you've just got to – you can't do anything but be patient. And if, if, you're so, if you're Mike Woodson or anyone in his position, you don't have any other choice. You can't say, ah, forget it. If you're not going to come back from the draft, we don't want you. you you've got to leave that door open, and you've got to understand that, you know, part of the 
part of the, the calculus of having good players is that sometimes you're going to lose into the draft and sometimes you're going to have to stay, you know, pretty open-ended like this in the hope they might return. Zach, I think you, you touched on this in your answer, but when the combine comes to an end, the next big date is June 1st, the deadline to make it a final decision. But in between the end of the combine and June 1st, it's very likely that Trace will get some either individual or small group workouts with teams. That's kind of what's next after the combine, right? Yes, and, and again, like there's the opportunity to talk to – because the, the advantage of the combine, and this sounds simplistic, but I think it's important to always say it out loud, especially for a guy – that feels like he's right on the fence between returning and staying in the draft. The advantage of the combine is everybody's there. So if you can, you're performing for every team, you're testing for every team. Uh, you know, I don't know what medical concerns anybody would have about Trace. You know, he's, he's never had any major injuries at IU, but that's not to say there's not something there somewhere, you know, um, but he can go through medical evaluations for every team and he can talk to every team. So you can get those, those one-on-one interviews and things like that. Um, and then after that, you, you hope that you've done well enough that his teams kind of build out their list of who they want to invite to, to their workouts. Maybe you, maybe you make enough of those lists. And that's, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, this is a, a bad comparison because it's so niche. But at IU, I know the way that sorority rush works is that you go visit every single sorority. Then you pare your list down to 12. And the sororities decide whether they'd like to visit with you again or not. And then however many mix between, you know, who wants to invite you back and the 12 you paired it down to, you go back to those and then six and then three, and then, you know, bids are extended and so forth. It's, it's not dissimilar to that where it's, it's, you, you're kind of going through this process of basically you sorting through everyone while everyone sorts through you, then figuring out how much crossover there is, maybe spending some more one-on-one time with, with the, you know, the, the teams that really have, have taken an interest in you and that, that would make sense for you and be a fit for you based on, you know, their plans to develop you or how, you know, whether or not they're going to draft you, whether or not they would offer you like a two-way deal, things like that. And then just kind of narrowing it down and figuring out what the field looks like at the end and making your final decision. So it's, it's, the combine is just kind of the opportunity to get in front of everybody. And then from there, how you perform, how you connect with those teams, et cetera, that's, that's when you start moving on to the, the stage of like, well, maybe you can get some invites to individual workouts and, and so forth. All right, Zach, IU football topic with you or for you for just a moment here. Um, I didn't get to read the entire piece, but I, I read a portion of it. Uh, Tom Allen, in a recent opportunity to talk with the – press was asked about NIL and how it's affecting and could affect college football in the future. And of course, we're in the midst of a lot of NIL confusion and uh, NCAA has updated their rules and regulations surrounding name, image and likeness. But Tom Allen said essentially that NIL has allowed college football to become, quote, pay for play. Um, Your thoughts on that and his comments? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that sentiment is is original just to him. I think there is a lot of concern. I mean, you're you're talking to somebody who is trying to wrap his arms around, or I guess maybe the better metaphor would be trying to dig into an NIL story right now and finding that there is basically no bottom um, 
through that story, there are a lot more questions than answers. Obviously, there are a lot of concerns, and I don't think this is just true of college football, though I think football is getting a lot of the focus because it's got the most players. It probably has the most money. For all the reasons, football is typically our number one focus. Um, I think that it's it's certainly – I think everyone understands that the current – the system is currently constituted – is is not workable. It's just it's it's too unwieldy uh, to the point of you know maybe being borderline chaotic. Um, I think there's been a lot of sort of criticism of well, if the NCAA had been more ready, then this wouldn't have happened. Or look at all these people in the media or in athletes' rights who, who wanted this for so long. Well, this is what you got. Are you happy? I think it's important to remember how we got here. Like not least. A number of court decisions, including a pretty emphatic Supreme Court decision that have really put the NCAA in a position where it does not feel like it can make many antitrust arguments, if any at all. Um, This was never going to be clean. It was never going to be, you know, we were going to wake up one day and and it was just going to be some sort of paradise and no one was ever trying to sell it that way. Clearly, some, some stuff needs to be done. Some things need to be worked through, and I think that I don't think we're near the end of, you know, the tape in terms of, you know, how this stuff gets structured on a, you know, on a on a, a just sort of a daily level, a person by person level. Like there are a lot of people who believe, and I think they're smart, and I think they may well be right that actually the next step in this is just going to be straight up revenue sharing between schools and athletes. And that that does become a lot more direct pay for play. But then the flip side to that is if you if you enter into those kinds of agreements, then you can also allow athletes to collectively bargaining and or bargain. And if you allow athletes to collectively bargain, then you can make certain sets of rules that athletes are agreeing to abide by with, you know, with regard to things like tampering and, you know, recruiting players already on rosters and when you can transfer and things like that. And because right now, if you try to put, too many guardrails up. And I know the NCAA has thrown up some stuff that in the last couple of weeks that basically nobody really thinks they're going to have any appetite to actually enforce for fear of antitrust challenges. Right now, antitrust challenges are going to keep you from, you know, changing a lot of this. But if you can get to a place where the structure of how you're compensating athletes allows them to collectively bargain and then allows you to essentially negotiate with them on the rules the structure, the terms, then everybody's got to play by those those same rules. And that's not antitrust because you are you are offering them the seat at the table to to represent themselves, if that makes sense. Not dissimilar to a players union in professional sports. And I get that that makes people uncomfortable and, and maybe that's not the best thing for college athletics long term. I don't know. If I had all the answers, I wouldn't be talking to Anybody here, I would be sitting on my own private island somewhere counting my money um, for being the, the smartest man in the world. But I do know that all this stuff has had consequences, both intended and unintended. The reality is that this change was always going to be difficult. It was always going to throw up a lot more challenges. We are in a place where there are, I don't think, any good solutions. But I think that really what we're doing is confronting a lot of big questions that are ultimately going to have college athletics looking very different in five years, 10 years, 20 years than it does right now. But I'll say what I always say in these conversations too, as long as 100,000 people are showing up to a Tennessee football game 
as long as 7 million people sit down to watch Ohio State, Penn State on a Saturday night in October, as long as, you know, schools want to support scholarships, not just for football or basketball, but Olympic sports and whatever else, we'll have college sports. It'll be different than it used to be. There, there are myriad ways it's changed in the last 25, 50, 100 years, but I don't think it's going away. I think we're just going to change the structure of it. And we may well find along the way that there are some ways that this improves us. The current system needs to be reformed, but we needed to kind of enter into it and figure out what was wrong with it so that we could start to address those issues rather than constantly just trying to shove the problem in the closet and close it no matter how far off its hinges the door stretched. If that, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He's with us Mondays on IU basketball, football, and more. Zach, great chat to start the week. We'll do it again next Monday. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with our final segment of the day. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown High School Athletic Director, also on the IHSA Executive Board. He'll join us as we talk a number of local sports topics. Chad's not been with us the last couple weeks because of some big meetings up in Indianapolis, so a lot to catch up on as we talk to Chad in the next segment. You're listening to a Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back for our final segment, Chad Gilbert with us today after a couple weeks hiatus uh, to talk local sports. Chad's the athletic director at Charlestown, IHSA executive board member and former coach here in the area. Chad, uh, before we can get into some current topics, uh, you've been a part of some big meetings the last few weeks. In fact, uh, two weeks ago, I think it was the annual IHSA meetings, a lot of big decisions, and even some changes for local teams as far as the class or the sectional that they will compete in for multiple sports next year. Matt, um, both of those meetings were excellent meetings. They're meetings that, uh, you know, I don't think make everyone happy, but I think they are meetings that uh, the results come with the best interest of kids involved in it, and that's the one thing. At the end of the day that you want to say, you know, how does this help the entire state of athletics? Um, interesting and eye-opening how some of those things work. This is the first time I've been on any sectional realignment committees. I was able to serve on one of those, and I just see how the process works. And believe me, there's no pulling out ping-pong balls, pull this person here, that person there. It's done with the best interest of kids. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of different shuffling when it comes to success factors and teams decide to move up and different things because you want to limit travel as much as you can in sectionals and keep the natural rivalries in order to make it special for one, your fans, two, your kids, and three, you want to have big gates at the sectional. So that's something that all goes in consideration in these. Um, I talked about making best interesting kid. At some point, Matt, we have to make 
a best interest in some adults, in some of our coaches. Our coaches are getting burnt. I mean, you see coaches leaving left and right. You're going to see ADs leaving left and right. Man, I can retire in five years. I'll get a retire, rehire because there's nobody that wants to be AD. There's nobody that wants to coach anymore. There's nobody that wants to umpire. You know, you look at our baseball and softball games. How many teams have you seen games go off with one umpire this year? It's something that it is very, very worrisome. I've got two young kids. I want them to have a great experience with things. And when it comes to high school sports, and we've got to figure out a way here that we get things back on track and rolling in the right direction. Are we broken? No. But are we far from being in the shape that we need to be in? Absolutely. It's something that we, we need to work on. And this is something as a state, not just as Southern Indiana, as Central Indiana, an IHSA association, the Mid-Southern Conference. This is something as a state as we all need to come together and work on this. Because, you know, with, with coaches in the summer, let's have some coaches give some summertime. Let's give it a time for coaches to be parents, to be granddads, to be grandmas, to be aunts. Let them get away from kids. Let's let coaches have an opportunity to be away from kids and kids an opportunity to be away from coaches, Matt, because I know that that's demanding on each of them and it pulls away. And I, and I know the argument is, well, if we don't keep our kids, uh, someone else is going to recruit them. If we're not around them, they're getting recruited anyway. They're transferring anyway. That's not a good argument. Let's, let's do something to make this whole situation better and revamp. Chad, you brought up just a number of great points and I had this somewhere in my notes, and I can't. I was trying to find it while you were finishing your thoughts there. But the number of games in the state of Indiana, I think baseball and softball combined, somebody put it all together as far as the games this season that had been without umpires or canceled or went off, as you mentioned, with one umpire. It's really a staggering number. I think it was 70-plus games that either were canceled or went off last week in the last seven days with one umpire. Um, that I saw, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm correct there. I'll try to find those specific numbers, but that's that's a really concerning. From Concord High School Athletics, we received shocking numbers today. The spring in Indiana, 359 high school baseball and 89 softball games have been canceled due to no umpires. 683 baseball and 192 softball games have been played with one umpire. If you know the game, we need you. And the thing is, if I'm an umpire. Why wouldn't I want to do a softball game? Much, 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 much more exciting. Much, much, much quicker than a baseball game. And I know there's some baseball guys, you know, there's the game within the game, the traditionalists and whatever else. But if you want – softball is an exciting sport, man. If you haven't had an opportunity to watch that, uh, and I feel like we've got the best softball coach around, and Coach Witten, it's a great opportunity to just see – kids get out there and laying it all on the line now one thing matt is right now the umpires do have the upper hand i've had umpires tell me yeah i'll do the bases i, I just ain't gonna do behind the plate well, i bet you will you know it's like me and you i say matt you take behind the plate i'm gonna take the bases <laughs> we're getting the same pay of course that's what i want to do is the bases so it's it, it's crazy and you know the other thing is rain delays you know there's a lot of delays in the spring that have to have to do with rain delays so i don't it's crazy time but we'll get through it we made it through covid this won't be an issue this is no hill for climber matt absolutely chad one of the things i miss most about our conversations the last few weeks was a recap each sunday night of winning time on hbo about the lakers and i was so sad to get home after a long day of basketball yesterday and that at 9 o'clock there wasn't a new edition of the show uh, loaded on HBO Max for me to watch before I fell asleep. Uh, But an outstanding series. There's going to be a season two. 
I uh, wanted to give you a chance to kind of close out the season and your thoughts. I've had actually a number of people say to me, uh, you and Chad talked about it so much, I had to watch it, and I'm in the process of it, or I did watch it and really enjoyed it. So I think, uh, I think we, we, we shared uh, our, uh, our thoughts on that enough where some people picked up on it. Well, you know, the one thing that I'll say, I don't want to do any spoiling or do anything about it because I thought it ended great. But it was one of those deals that at the end, I think Jerry West really looked like someone who really cared about the Lakers. Ultimately, that was his only goal was to care about the Lakers. And I thought the the show portrayed him as doing that. Great cast, great show, uh, a must-see for any sports fan out there. Yeah, absolutely. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad's with us on Monday. Hey, the action doesn't stop. I know that baseball and softball, the sectionals are almost here. High school sports are going to be a wrap soon for this school year. Great to see a lot of a lot of normalcy this year after you mentioned getting through COVID and just some crazy times. And we hope that that is basically behind us when it comes to interfering with sports and other gatherings and activities. But there's a lot of summer activities uh, we're gearing up. I just talked with your basketball coach, Matt Lynch, a little earlier today. We're gearing up for this Kentuckiana Summer Basketball League. It's going to take place in a lot of gyms across the area. It's going to be huge, Chad. Tons of teams coming in, tons of games. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. Well, you know, you, you talked about baseball. You got me. You said I struck out on no air on the Hoosier Hills Hoops League. <laughs> to me, they said there was air on the league, Matt. I don't know. You may have been walking too many laps over at Pleasant Ridge parking lot to notice that, so I don't know on that one. But basketball camp starting up, but I know someone who's facing a full count. Matt Dennison, if you do not get your summer league information in immediately, Coach Lynch is going golfing, and he is not going to have time to do that. Know, one. So you must take care of that. He's all Matt, over one thing, Jay. you know, you, we talked about NIL. You talked about that. When can I get some NIL? I've been on the show five years. I can't get any wings, soft drinks, you know, some Hoosier Hills money. You know, all I'm getting out is first first lunch duties on Mondays. Maybe you can help that out or use some of your NIL money, help some coaches around, give them a little extra money, something along the way here. All right, we'll get a hold of Bob McEwen. He's our NIL director, and we'll get on that, Chad. He's got all the money. <laughs> Talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for everything you do, Matt. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we'll be back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.